I don't know. I feel like he's done a good job. I got to give him a little credit. Like Nick Friedel has brought his A game, even though he is about an hour away from heading towards vacation. This has been, you know, we ask a lot. It's it's the end of the regular season for him. He can see the off season ahead of us. The golf clubs are waiting for him in the locker room. He's still here. He's still focused. Even though uh, we'll get the update on it. I feel like his friends might be having some chaos in the in the planning. It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel eighty. Nick Friedel, Jason fits in for the guys. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, in, in fact, we're here to help you score big savings. To see how much you can save on auto insurance, visit Progressive.com. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you guys can get in on the on the conversation. Nick, uh, so far as you are now into the last hour, uh, I know things have been reeling all over the place. There's flight issues. Everybody's trying to figure it out. Are you still confident that you are going to be having a Guinness uh, this time tomorrow with friends? With friends, but not the friends I expected, Mr. Fitz. <laughs> because the entire commercial break just now was a panicked phone call from my buddy saying, well, we missed our first flight. It got delayed. We're not getting to Boston in enough time for the connection to Dublin. So, see you sa- Sunday morning. Oh, my God. I, that breaks my heart. Like for for we, we played a show in England at one point, and we had a, a cancellation and because of the cancellations, they didn't think they were going to be able to get us there in time. And I'm not kidding. Like, the plane landed, and the band, as we landed, there was a van that waited for us. The van picked us up, and we were taken immediately to the backstage area. We didn't have to change clothes. We didn't have suitcases. We didn't have anything. They had, they had to find, like, what they call backline, rental instruments, basically, for us to use on this stage. And we walked onto the stage with, like, I don't know, 20 minutes notice and played in front of 100,000 people at Hyde Park. It was the most uncomfortable I've ever been on stage because I looked around, and I'm like, I am playing a fiddle solo on a cover of Fat Bottom Girls in front of a country that doesn't know our music, and I don't think I'm wearing clean underwear. Like, that was my whole – so it breaks my heart when I hear these things on these international travel. But, it, Fitz, it's, if you can get through that, then anything else that pops up, I would think, runs second. Like, what fair. could be worse than being in that situation? In, in boxers that you weren't sure were the freshest and still making it through the moment. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you something. We went right back to the airport and ended up flying right back from that, too. So I can't like the amount of stink that must have been on my body by the time I got back to the States was not. I'm not proud of it. I'm not comfortable with it. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Kenny and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Trust me, Jason Fitz now in very clean underwear, hanging out with Nick Friedel. Now that I've made America uncomfortable, uh, let's continue to take some phone calls. Uh, Robert in Houston, I know you want to chime in on this, Robert. What do you got? Hello. Hello, Robert. We got you. You're on air. What's up, brother? Okay, I was calling. Please hear me out. And Deshaun Watson, let's talk about, we talking about Deshaun Watson real quick. I know you, please don't hang up on me. I'm from Houston. And see what happened. J.J. Wiley warned Deshaun Watson he needs to get out of Houston because they're going to ruin his career. Deshaun Watson, all the Texans were setting up all of his dates to try so so called protect him. When he asked for a trade, then the Texans collaborated. Under we'll never find out how they did it. They collaborated with this attorney and these girls. They set him up. And now everybody is coming down on this young man and want him to be hung at the cross. This young man didn't do anything different than any other young man. Though I don't want to say because I gave you guy the word I wouldn't say it on air. 
but they set this young man up. And this young man is receiving all this ridicule. There is no athlete. No athlete, I don't care, on the on the draft or whatever, hasn't had their fun as a young man. And okay, so, okay. Now, now, they, and that's where, I'm, uh, that's where I'm going to cut you off because this is not fun. The judge ruled that, there, that this was, again, Judge Robinson, her ruling, if you read it, says quite specifically she believes that he exposed himself. He did do that. She believes that he did force his penis on women. He did that. And she believes that he did that knowing that it was not wanted, right? All of that is fact. All of that has been accepted by her in her ruling. So, number one, understand that Deshaun Watson, according to all of the evidence, was randomly DMing whatever girl he felt like DMing. I'm not sure how the Texans would have been a part of setting that up. Number two, the judge actually intervened in all of this. In her ruling, actually wrote, hey, I think he did all of these things. Number three... I, I am very lucky to call John McClain, uh, uh, formerly the Houston Chronicle, a close friend and an influence uh, to my life and a mentor. And every time I've ever asked about any theory that there was any possibility the Texans wanted to out Deshaun Watson, the answer's always been the same. From John, with much love, he's always told me, I am an idiot. And the reason he has said that repeatedly is that there was never going to be a spot where the Texans wanted to reduce the trade value of somebody that they wanted to be a part of their organization. So for all of your comments about whatever people might have in your mind done in the past, it does not take away from the fact that these were not uh, paid people by the Texans or by anybody else. These were victims. According to a judge, these were victims. So to make it anything less than that is insulting by you. Now, Nick, sorry that I've taken the, the floor. You, you Go ahead and chime in, my friend. Mr. Fitz, you couldn't have said it any better. Victims. That's the word to keep in mind here. This wasn't somebody looking to have some fun. This was somebody who did something much, much worse than that. And I think that's why this has generated the response, not only from the NFL, but uh, from so many fans who have read the stories and seen the evidence and seen Judge Robinson's uh, opinion. And you look out and you see everything that's come across, and a lot of people have come to the same conclusion. And it is not the conclusion that this was just a young guy looking to have uh, some fun during his time as the quarterback of the Houston Texans. Yeah, and, and any attempt to, to lump all athletes together by the popular perception that some people have of what athletes may or may do in their free time is just also insulting to a lot of people that work really hard and aren't anything like what, what people are trying to make them sound like. Jimmy in Florida. Jimmy, what you got? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, Jimmy, Missy, you're, what's you're, up? we're on air. What we got? What do we got? Okay, what, what this comes down to, basically, okay, I'm going to spin this a little bit to um, – uh, Daniel Snyder, okay, Roger Goodell has no backbone, okay? What that judge decided, there should be no appeal. Her her decision should be final. They should not have room for an appeal. If this was Pete Rozelle, uh, Dan, again, I'm going to spin this to Daniel. Daniel Snyder would be blackballed. There would be no appeal. There would be no appeal heard. Roger Goodell has no backbone. He's letting the owners do his job. So why is he even a commissioner? A commissioner? Uh, to answer your question directly, in my mind, thanks for the call, Jimmy. The reason he's the commissioner is because I'll use my fandom as an example. I'm a diehard Raiders fan. Y'all know that. When I don't like something the NFL does, who do I yell at? I yell at Roger Goodell, right? When's the last time I actually sat there and said, Mark Davis, I need you to do something different here. Like, the owners pay him $40 million a year because 
we all yell at Roger Goodell. Like, he gets paid to be a punching bag, and Nick, that's what commissioners do. They take the heat for the owners that don't want it, Fitz. That's what this is all across the NFL, the NBA, certainly the NHL with Gary Bettman. But the commissioner is the public face of criticism that the owners don't want to handle. And in this case, I actually thought it was 50, not 40 million that Goodell is now making. But whatever it is, the owners are going to pay it because they don't want to deal with the headaches that come across his desk. The other, the, the thing I would say to the car, though, is Roger Goodell, in this case, the NFL has gone out of its way to make sure that he is not in the crosshairs, that he is not the guy that everybody is coming to who wants this uh, opinion after Goodell and the NFL have messed up so many in the past. So to say Goodell has no backbone, I look, you could say that in the past about some of the decisions that have been made. In my opinion, you can't say that now because they're actively trying as best they can to keep him out of that decision-making chair once more. Also, wouldn't doing nothing be no backbone for, for Goodell to come up and say, I'm going to challenge this entire thing to me speaks to he wants things done a certain way. We may not agree with it. You may not agree with it calling in, but that doesn't speak to no backbone to me. Maybe I see it differently. Tune in to an NL East battle tomorrow night. The Mets host the Braves presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. More of your calls, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. But there's football news to get to, and it is not good for the defending Super Bowl champions. We'll get you updated next. ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Plus. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. There is nothing that will make an NFL fan hit the panic button faster than a health issue with their starting quarterback in the preseason. And that might be exactly where we are when it comes to the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and your smart speakers. Jason Fitz, Nick Friedell, in for the guys, were presented by Progressive Insurance. And uh, the news at this point seems troubling because Sean McVay has acknowledged that uh, it doesn't look like it's normal tendonitis for for uh, Matt Stafford. It looks like this is something more peculiar, a little bit. Uh, at this point, they understand he's under pain. The concept is, can they get that pain to be managed? How is it going to impact the season? Nick, it feels like there's a lot of question marks still at this point about what that means for their quarterback moving forward. It's going to hover over everything it seems like, Fitz. And we've got the perfect person to ask about just how much that could potentially harm what the Rams are trying to do this season. 
Yeah, you're right. We do ESPN injury expert and all around just general ESPN badass. Stefania Bell joining us now. <laughs> Stefania, always appreciate your time and your insight. When you hear a coach say that an injury to an elbow is abnormal for a quarterback, how do you react to that? Oh, what coaches say. <laughs> you know, I I think the thing is we could go into uh, quarterbacks who've had elbow injuries in the past. I think it's all relative, right? That's what we're talking about. Relative to baseball pitchers, we're just so accustomed to hearing about elbow tendon problems, tendonitis, tendinopathy, um, of course, the dreaded Tommy John surgery. And the quarterbacks, we don't hear about it that much. But I, I think that uh, – this has gotten a little bit over the top on the alarm bells. And I would say that um, it sounds like they have a plan in place. Look, the, from everything you've put together from the description of what's out there, let me, let me break a few things down. Um, we've heard thrower's elbow, okay? And, and that is a term you see in baseball. Commonly, flexor pronator tendon. What is that? The big tendon for um, the tendon mass, essentially, that attaches on the inside of the elbow that controls the uh, wrist flexors. And it sits on that inner aspect of the elbow, the inner aspect of the forearm. And it gets tired um, over time. You can get changes in the tendon, degenerative changes. We call that tendinosis, tendinopathy. And I think that's what McVeigh was getting at when he was steering away from the term tendinitis, which describes more of just an acute inflammatory problem versus something that's been going on for a little bit longer. Stefania, since this can also be a pitcher's type of injury, with pitchers, if they hurt their elbow and they're coming back, they get placed on a pitch count. With Stafford, is there any idea as to whether or not this would limit how many times he would be comfortable or Sean McVay would be comfortable calling plays for him to throw? I don't, I don't think we're there yet, but you make a really good point. And if we look at what they're doing with Stafford, they're actually kind of doing that now. And I think that's why the alarms are off, because we're at training camp. We're seeing that Stafford is on a return to throwing program, if you will, as opposed to running the entire offense to get ready for football season. And so if you look at what's happened, he had an injection several months back. Uh, they don't do cortisone injections in these injuries, by the way, anymore. That that was old school, but we know that cortisone can uh, cause problems for tendon tissue. So you hear about PRP and, and similar type injections where the idea is to promote healing and move out of the inflammatory phase. But to do that, you need time. So you need a period of rest where you're not doing anything. Stafford's had that. And then you need a period of building back into the throwing and that's what he's doing now and if everything dovetails right then he should be ready to go around the time the season starts and I think the goal would be to have him ready to go without limitation so I don't think they've made any decision in that regard yet but what you're seeing right now is him actually in the throwing progression that's consistent with the injury is there any concern if, to everything you just mentioned if everything goes to plan once he's back in normal without restrictions how concerning is something like a flare-up? Well, you'd rather not have one, um, but these are changes to tissue that's been used to throw repeatedly over years and years. You know, not just his professional career, but uh, he, as, a, as a youth athlete growing up, throwing in college, Georgia, and then throwing in the pros, 
and and you don't you don't get that brand new tissue back, right? So it becomes better management uh, during the course of the season. Maybe there's a maintenance plan that he has to participate in to try and keep the arm healthy. I will say the Rams have an excellent medical staff. They're very big on recovery. Uh, and and they'll they'll do a lot of things to structure a program around him. And who knows? Maybe during the week they will ease up on his throwing during the course of the season in practice days. You know, they they may adjust his schedule there so that he's able to really be ready to peak on Sundays or whatever the game day is, and then have uh, a recovery period afterwards. So uh, I'm sure they'll they'll craft that as they see fit, uh, with the idea being you're hopefully not going to flare it up. Stefania, while we're on the topic of quarterback injuries, I'd be remiss after all that time I spent in the Bay not to ask you about Jimmy Garoppolo. I know you <laughs> haven't seen him live yet, but after all the time in the the surgery that he had on that shoulder, do you think he's going to be in good shape to start the season wherever he may land? I do, and it, we've certainly heard the buzz about you know what, how – good he looks doing his his rehab throwing program that he's working on now currently and here's what i'll say about his injury you know we we don't like to hear about shoulder injuries and throwers it makes us nervous we especially in baseball we we see that uh, it, it can be uh very threatening to a player's career and that's not uh it's not necessarily that different in football depending on where the injury is when Jimmy G was hurt, he was trying to protect his thumb. The ligament was already damaged. And the way he landed stressed the backside of his shoulder. That can easily be repaired and not give him trouble in the future. So he had to have a, a procedure where they actually repair the capsule on the backside of the shoulder to tighten it up, give him stability there after he had that injury. You worry more about injuries on the front side of the shoulder. And because that part was totally fine, healthy, intact, this is really not going to be an issue for him going forward. It's just a question of after you have surgery, getting that full motion back, getting your normal arc of throwing back. And I think he's going to look really good. Like some team is going to be lucky to have him. He is a good quarterback. He will be a solid quarterback in the NFL. And he just needs to build up the endurance of his throwing. And I think he's going to be great. This is why you got a follower on Twitter at Stefania underscore ESPN. Nobody does it better. Thanks for making us all smarter, Stefania. We really appreciate you coming on. <laughs> Thanks for the invite, guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, love the insight. And a uh, little nugget there that uh, Jimmy G, somebody's going to get very lucky. The question is, could that somebody be in Cleveland? We'll talk to somebody that knows the Browns better than anybody, knows the city better than anybody, and figure out what's going on there right now. We'll head to Cleveland next. Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Nick Friedel, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and your smart speakers. Nick Friedel, Jason Fitz in for the guys. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Nick and I said earlier that, you know, right or wrong, good or bad, love it or hate it, uh, when games take place, it, t- it tends to distract people from the controversies around the league, including the Deshaun Watson situation. Nick, I just want to give you this quick update. The 2022 Stanley Cup final averaged 4.6 million viewers. In 2020, Game 3 of the NBA finals had 5.94 million viewers. Why do I mention that? Because last night, the NFL Hall of Fame game on NBC without any of the major stars that we expected uh, not to play had 5.7 million people watch it. So it's a reminder of, to your point, the NFL is constantly king in the conversation. We'll get some insight now from uh, Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland Plain Dealer. She's been covering the Browns better than anybody and longer than anybody in all the best ways. And Mary Kay, really appreciate you joining us. The national conversation has largely been about what does everybody do? How do fans parse this? How does the city of Cleveland get behind Deshaun Watson? You're there. What is the vibe around the city with their starting quarterback? Well, you know, I've been at Brown's training camp every single day and out in the insular world of Brown's training camp. Uh, he is beloved out there, out here. You know, he gets uh, his name chanted on his way out onto the field. He gets mobbed for autographs on his way off the field. So uh, he, you know, he's kind of preaching to the choir out here. And this is a, a place where he is basically uh, well-loved by the fans. Now, out in the community, it's different. Uh, you know, I, I think it's really a, a fan base somewhat divided. Uh, this is a fan base that has had to uh, hear about all these lawsuits and about all these allegations for the past how many ever months. And uh, there is a segment of the fan base that is struggling with all of this. And um, so, yeah, I I think that, you know, there's a long way to go uh, for this to get back to just football. Mary Kay, to follow up on that, the Browns obviously as an organization knew that all of these storylines that came into camp and throughout the season would be a distraction. Are they more of a distraction than the organization initially thought they would be when they gave Watson that deal? You know what? I, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to. You would have. You would have to think so. I mean, this is. Uh, it's just incredibly overwhelming to have to deal with this every single day. It's. Uh, you know. I mean, part of the reason is because Tony Busby, uh, the lawyer for the plaintiffs, has been uh, a mastermind of public relations throughout all of this. And whenever he needs to get his clients back in the news. Uh, he finds a way to do it, and he has just been brilliant in how he has handled all of that. And you know, it has you know it has kept things in the headlines. It has shaped public opinion. Uh, so you know, I, I do think in some ways that this has has been more than the Browns even thought it would be. I kind of think they felt that uh, you know it would be very very difficult in the beginning, and then the suspension would be handed down that it would be somewhere between six and eight games. He would come back, and it would kind of, you know, get back to football rather quickly. Well, this has been a firestorm, and it's, you know, it's, it's taken on a life of its own, 
And I would have to think that that it's more than they they thought it was going to be. We're talking to Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland Plain Dealer. You can check her out there as we break down everything going on with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I feel like most people have sort of dug in one side or the other. And every time throughout the course of this season, Deshaun stands in front of a microphone, it's going to be analyzed. In your mind, should we expect at some point that we'll hear anything from Deshaun Watson that might change anybody's mind on how they feel about this? Well, you know what? I, I have thought long and hard about that. Uh, I, I actually think that, uh, you know, at some point, if he does, you know, show, you know, some remorse and make real restitution and make a real effort to show that, uh, you know, perhaps he's getting, you know, the help that uh, it, it obviously seems like he needs, um, you know, I, I think he he can do the work. I think he can do the work to get back that a segment of the fan base that is really struggling right now with, with the whole concept of, of having him here. Um, so I do think that there are things that can be done, but it's going to take time. It's going to take healing on the part of a lot of, a lot of fans. Again, he knows that fans are triggered by this. So that's, you know, that's not news. Uh, but I do think there are ways to handle this going forward uh, where he can help change uh, the opinion of himself. Mary Kay with the caveat, obviously that things can change in this particular case, quickly, as you know it now, what is the Browns' plan as they get ready for both the preseason and the regular season in trying to acclimate Deshaun Watson with the offense and getting Jacoby Brissett ready for week one? Well, it's, you know, it's a tough balancing act. It really is because Kevin Stefanski, as you mentioned, he's got to get two guys ready to play, and he doesn't know when. Uh, he doesn't know which guy is going to play when. I mean – no matter what anybody says or what you're seeing on, on the internet right now, it, it is still possible that if the NFLPA uh, secures a temporary restraining order, uh, there is a world in which Deshaun Watson can play early on in the season. Some I've seen it said some places that it wouldn't be, uh, you know, in the first six games because the NFLPA already uh, agreed to not uh, agreed to abide by that. You know, I, I just think when it comes to a court battle. I think some of those things just are going to go out the window. And if you start fighting, you just never know uh, where those things can go. So lots of uncertainty. And, um, you know, the good thing about Kevin Stefanski is that he can handle uh, a lot of adversity. He's kind of a flatliner. Uh, he's, he's a good uh, leader to, to guide them through this process. But, um, you know, he's out there trying to figure out he's still giving Deshaun Watson most of the first team reps. Uh, but there will come a time probably fairly soon uh, when the tide will shift. Mary Kay, as much as you've been around the Browns organization, what level of winning is it going to take long-term for all of this to have been worth it? Well, I think if Deshaun Watson settles all of his cases and serves his suspension, makes restitution, and does some of these those other things that I mentioned, uh, you know, and let's say, for instance, that he gets back on the field and, like, you know, it might not be until next year, but I mean, once all of those things happen and then he starts to win football games and wins a lot of football games, uh, you know, then I think that he can go on to have a successful career in Cleveland in the same way that a Ben Roethlisberger went on to have a, a great career in, in Pittsburgh uh, after his incident. Now, I mean, this is different because there were so many accusations, but I still think that uh, that there is a world in which uh, it can become football and good football. 
You do great work as always. Follow her on Twitter at Mary Kay Cabot. Be sure to check her out. Cleveland.com with the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Always appreciate your time. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Sure. Thanks for having me. It's going to be interesting, Nick, because you know the, 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 the conversation will turn quickly if this is an eight-win team for the next several years after all of this. Like They are going to expect great things from somebody to have made it worth it. I don't know how it will happen. I do know this. There's only one way to send you into the weekend. Three and out. That's next. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Jason Fitz, Nick Friedel hanging out. Nick, are you uh, like you a big Guinness guy? Are we is that are we doing the Guinness thing while we're in uh, while we're in Iowa? We're gonna do the Guinness thing, but Mr. Fitz, we are gonna have some Pepto handy because I had uh, an episode, let's call it, in Chicago. I had a lot of Guinnesses, and then I tried White Castle for the first time in my okay. life that I mm-hmm. my stomach did not appreciate that. <laughs> Let's, let's just just call it that. It was it was not a fun evening, which had already ended at like three, but it it kept going long into the next day and a half. Okay, so you know one of the interesting things because like the Guinness factors in, they teach you how to properly pour it, which then like is going to make you the coolest friend in the world because you're going to be able to pour a Guinness really well. But uh, have, have you been to, to Dublin? I'm telling you all this. Like, you may have been, but I, I've I never know. been. I, okay. Anything is new. Anything you've got or anybody's got for me, I will take advice-wise. Well, two things. Uh, one, have a Guinness over there because they taste different. Uh, one thing yes. a lot of people don't realize is they have to add hops to make the Guinness travel over to America without the beer spoiling. So Guinness actually does taste different in Ireland than it does in America. So I thought that was an interesting nugget from the tour. But also, the same factory that makes Guinness makes uh, Smittix and Kilkenny, which are two other beers that are like one's a blonde and one's like a halfway, right? Like a hybrid. I'm not a beer guy. I can't explain it well. But they are delightful and they are tasty treats and they also taste different than they do in America. So like, you know, you can you can venture out a little bit. You can start with the Guinness and then you can see where things go from there. So what you're telling me is in a week when I talk to you having gotten back from Dublin, I will be able to pour a Guinness properly and cook a grilled cheese, and that will be the extent of my culinary. <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. But you'll be able to be hoity-toity when you pour it because everybody, when they get back from the Guinness factory and they see their friends, then has to suddenly be that guy that corrects. Like, suddenly you're like, well, actually, guys, the way you're properly supposed to pour it, and then you do that. I don't know why you talk like Kermit the Frog when you do it, but like you, you immediately correct your friends and tell them how to properly do it because you know you were at the Guinness factory. The more you know. I cannot wait to be able to call you once I return from this outing and be like, well, not only were you right, but I now started talking like Kermit because I've been well actually and everybody the whole way back. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, phones work internationally, you cheap bastard. Like, you can call me from the, 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 the Guinness factory and give me the full – let's go. I mean, at some point <laughs> – 
I'm, now I'm suddenly awaiting a late night call. I was going to say, the phone in the next few days is going to ring, and it's gonna, you're going to look up and be like, yep, I know where he is, and I know exactly what he's doing. Oh, I asked for this. It's my fault. Now I just really want a Guinness. Only a few minutes away. <laughs> it's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the SiriusXM, uh, what, with the SiriusXM app. Yeah, there too, I guess. SiriusXM Channel 80, ESPN Plus. Basically, everywhere you listen to ESPN, you can hang out with us. Kenny and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Nick Friedel. I'm Jason Fitz. And I don't know why we're coming back in with, like, uh, uh, what is this, LMFA? Like, every day, like, I don't know what we're doing here, but this is now, suddenly, I imagine full club music going behind Nick Friedel. Oh, guaranteed. Uh, That's exactly what I thought it was. I, yeah. This is what I'll be listening to. Usually, you know, you're texting your buddies, and they know what's coming. Now you'll know not only have I just gone to the Guinness factory, but this is bumping behind me in some club as I'm waiting for my friends to appear. I don't think that's going to be the music. There'll at least be a fiddle playing it. We do want to thank Jeff Darlington, Mary Kay Cavett, Stefania Bell, and all of you for having the patience to make it through the last four hours with the two of us. Just one foot out the toe hanging out. But it is time for three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out. All right, we start three and out with some baseball news. The Dodgers on Friday placed left-hander Clayton Kershaw on the injured list a day after he left his start at San Francisco with low back pain. My back! Kershaw said he felt discomfort while he was warming up before the bottom of the fifth inning Thursday. The three-time NL Cy Young Award winner winced and pointed to the dugout, then walked off the field gingerly with the trainer. So, Obviously, we'll keep an eye on that. Speaking of the Dodgers, tune in to an NL West battle Sunday. Dodgers host the Padres. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, 7 p.m. on ESPN. I feel this all the way to my core. You know, like you bend over to touch your toes and suddenly your back hurts. I get this, like being the supreme athlete I am, Nick. Uh, Fitz, you and Clayton Kershaw, who's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's the same thing. Uh, the, the key with Kershaw to me, sadly, is we've seen too many of these exact type of stories pop up the last few years. He has proven he can pitch an incredibly high level. Still, he hasn't proven he can stay on the field long enough uh, to provide the consistency he has earlier in his career. We are getting very close to a point where Kershaw just can't be relied upon at all moving forward for a team that really is going to need him down the stretch. The real breaking news here is that I'm a lot closer to Sammy Kershaw than I am to Clayton Kershaw. Look him up, country music fans, 90s country act. All right, uh, let's go to the next nugget on three and out, and that's the NBA is quiet, but there's a reason. See, Fitz and Friedel both going on vacation tonight. The NBA about to also be on some vacation. You pointed this out on Spain and Fitz, like all the rumors, and everybody's talking about, well, this could happen, and this could happen, and this could happen. Well, the NBA executives haven't had a vacation in like 18 years because of the weird COVID calendar and everything. 18, a slight exaggeration, just feels like it. It's been several years since there was any normalcy. So, like, for all the conversation of what might be happening right now, isn't the real answer nothing? That's exactly what the answer is. We're on a major pause button at the moment, Fitz, and it's because all these different executives and coaches and even the players, they haven't had the ability in the last two-plus years to take an elongated break. 
to go with their families and their friends and to travel and to get away. That's what we've seen. Maybe it picks up again once training camp gets ready to get rolling. But the reason why the NBA has kind of gone silent, especially this week, is that everybody's all over the place. Although I think it is important to add here. We're talking about Durant, what happens with the Nets. The Nets' social media account was popping out Kyrie Irving content again, which leads me to believe there is a reason why that's happening. We spent the day talking about coaches and players planting seeds for storylines that could pop up during the season. There's a seed that I think was planted by the Brooklyn Nets as an organization. Get ready to potentially see Kyrie at least start with training camp and see how it goes. This is this is remarkable. There are some follow-up questions to this. Number one, did they sit in a boardroom and just decide to troll all of us? And, uh, you know, pun intended with the boardroom. When it comes to, like, social That's media, good. just deciding, like, let's let's put this out there. You know what? Let's put some Kyrie video out there. Like, I feel like the Nets social media department was like, this is our real way to jack with everybody. Well, let me just say that, like, with every other NBA team I know, it wasn't the social media department that would have had the ultimate say on this. That would go much uh, higher as to where... Uh, the yes or the no was coming from. But Fitz, I was walking around Barclays Center a few weeks ago. Guess it was noticeably absent in any advertisement having anything to do with the Brooklyn Nets next season. That would be Kyrie Irving. So I do think this is worth noting that all of a sudden Kyrie plays in a pickup game in the summer and all of a sudden there's Kyrie on all the Nets social channels once again. Uh, this is it, this is wild. This is the drama that we were talking about earlier. It's hysterical. Now, I do have this hysterical scenario in my head because for anyone that doesn't know, when you do what we do for a living, you can take these little boxes with you. They're Comrex boxes, right? And it lets you do radio from anywhere in the world. For the third portion of our three and out, you and I are about to both, you know, take a little hiatus, just break away from the world for, for a little bit. You're going to be in Ireland, right? I just keep thinking about, like, the, the news breaks. You're properly pouring a Guinness, which, by the way, takes some time. And next thing you know, like the bat phone rings, like the 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 Nick Friedel logo is shining over the skies of Dublin, and suddenly you have to run back to the hotel, Guinness in hand, not spilling it because you perfectly poured it, to give us the breakdown of what just happened in some massive Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving mega trade. Uh, are, are we are we going to be like keeping one eye on the bat phone while we're working? If you and I have worked here long enough to know anything, it's that. There's always one eye on the bat phone, and there's never a complete escape because if the bat phone goes off and they need us, Mr. Fitz, we are there. So, no, do I expect anything to happen this week with the Nets or, or any other big NBA story? I do not. But I have learned through the years that I will always be ready, and that's why I'm going to walk out of here in about 60 seconds with a tripod in the side of my bag just in case it goes down while I'm in Ireland. I mean, let's just be real. I'm going to be honest with you. This is why Nick Friedel is a, a professional. He's going to go to Ireland, and even if it's 10 o'clock at night local time, he'll be able to come on and break down what happened. I was asked if I could come on with Spain and Fitz tonight, Sarah Spain, uh, usually me, hanging out, to talk about the Raiders game. And my response was, man, I don't know, like 30 minutes after I finished with Nick, I might be too drunk. Like, So that's the difference between you and I. You're going to go to Dublin and be professional. I'm going to sit right here and not be professional. That is <laughs> why you are a delight, and I am just a hanger-on. Uh, we have had a blast hanging out with you guys. Stick around. Spain and Fitz are going to be hanging out with you, obviously, as we continue uh, everything you need to know throughout the course of the night. Sarah Spain doing great work on Friday nights. It's always a great show. Be sure to hang out with it. Have a great vacation, Nick. Uh, happy to hang out with you today. Thanks, buddy.